Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Park Report interview podcast. This is Roy Avon. Hope everybody's doing okay out there. Uh, just a reminder, we have some great new podcasts up. If you've missed, there's a Top 5 Deep Purple episode with Steve Morse and a Top 5 Nick DiVirgilio songs with Nick DiVirgilio himself. Uh, and also some great news and interviews and other things coming up on the website, so please stay tuned and stay safe. The interview today is one I had a chance to do a couple of weeks ago with Casey Crescenzo, the guy behind The Deer Hunter. Of course, they had a lot of things that had to be canceled this summer, so he's been at home at lockdown. And uh, we decided to hook up and see what he's been working on to keep himself busy. He's got a lot of new projects. So please welcome Mr. Casey Crescenzo. So good to talk to you again. How, how have you been? Uh, we spoke a few, God, it's been a few years now. Jesus. Since, yeah, it's uh, been a while. Yeah, it's act, been a while. Act five, <laughs> which seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, yeah. Let me ask you first, how have you been doing with the quarantine? And I think around that time you were... You and your wife were just having a kid, if I remember correctly. Um, um, when when the quarantine started? No, no. When we last we spoke at our, around. <laughs> oh Act yeah, five. right, right then. That's about the life, like the the cutoff point. Um, <laughs> y- you know what I mean? Like yeah. that was sort of the the moment in time where it was like, okay, I'll sl- I'm going to slow down on all of these other things so I can concentrate really on being a dad. Um, but as far as the the quarantine goes. It's a little bit strange just because, I mean, there's all the obvious reasons it is strange, but I was already so, like, living a hermit life, working on all of these different things, that when this happened, it was both, it was, there was a little bit of relief in there for me. I don't know how to explain that, but it was just like everything slowed down a little bit. Yeah. Um, And then everything slowed down a lot. So... There's like this guilt that I always feel, this urgent guilt to get what I'm working on done. And the fact that I've got all of these things that I've been working on and none of them are done. Like it, it in a strange way, it just, it afforded me a little bit of like emotional breathing room to slow down and concentrate on one thing at a time. Yeah. Now I could see how that, that works because I mean, you have been touring a lot, you know, and you guys have had a chance and you had a bunch of stuff coming up, right? You had the... um this cruise with Coheed and Cambria and yeah. uh, the Deer Hunter Summer Camp and some other stuff. I'm just, you know, what's the latest on all those sort of things? I mean, obviously things have been postponed or canceled, but is, are things being rescheduled yet on, on those issues or has it going yet? As far as I know, everything that we did have is just being pushed back a year. Like the, I, I, I think the, the camp we were doing is now pushed back a year, basically. I think the dates are different, but it's basically a year. Um, I think that some of the festivals we were going to be doing in in Europe uh, got postponed or are going to be postponed. I think basically everything we had on yeah. the books is being postponed. And so, you know, like, <laughs> it, it's funny because... Right before all of this happened, like, we really... I'm sure... And this is true of so many people, of so many things, but, like, we really nailed down our projection of what we wanted to do within the next year. And in a way, we never really have, like, really set up our plan. Um, And so it's just been one thing after another of, like, it's not going to go on this long, right? It's not going to go on this long. And just (laughs) like, yeah, it is. You got to cancel this and cancel this and cancel this. And so now when we're talking about scheduling things, like of any nature 
the discussion starts at next summer. Like that's basically for a band our size who doesn't have, you know, we're not going to be one of the bands that's able to get into venues once venues just start back up. Like once something, some actual cue that is meaningful happens that makes it clear that people can start going out with a little bit more safety. I think it's, it's going to be a while before the, the flood dies down enough that we can kind of play the shows in the spaces we want to play. So for us, we're looking at at the absolute soonest to even discuss doing anything is next summer. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I, I feel the same way where back in, uh, I think it was beginning of March, started to hear rumblings about this and it was like, all right, well, you know, we'll stay home a, a few weeks and then it'll be fine. <laughs> and then it's just yeah. been like, <laughs> it's just now like, it is truly, it's like surreal. It, there's an element of it that is really, really surreal. Like it's yeah. passed, it's passed into the uncanny Valley of life where it doesn't <laughs> feel like it's it, something is tremendously off from, from the muscle memories that we've all developed over the last however long any of us have been alive. Like it's all just being kind of shook up and very strange, like a, like a snow globe filled with filth. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let's, let's get on to, to some things. I mean, normally, you know, what's funny is, uh, um, I use Chelsea from your label reached out and, and normally it's usually about an, uh, an album promotion or something like that. But, uh, I guess you have a lot of different things going on. And so I'm always happy yeah. to talk to you. And I love, I mean, I, I don't know if you listen to a lot of the different podcasts or things, or if you ever have, even have time to do that, but every fifth podcast or something comes up where some, we get to talking about what band should you know about? What are you listening to this? And I'm always rambling on about the deer hunter, the deer hunter. So I'm like a, a massive fan. So I'm always very, very happy. kind of you. Yeah. I'm always happy to, to talk to you and see what's going on in this world because like all deer hunter fans, I'm waiting for music. I know. I know. Well, so what's funny is really the whole, like I, I sent a message to, uh, to both my manager and Chelsea just saying, I mean, the, I could boil it down to really just like, is there anyone to talk to? Um, and, and I know that there's tons of people to talk to, but it's like this, this is, is something as part of, I think just me trying to be more social, I guess it's like, this is a way it's, it's a nice way for me to feel a little bit more social without the, like there's the the preface of trying to be charismatic or trying to do anything is a little bit removed because there's something that we can kind of discuss. But really, I think all it boils down to is interested in having conversations with anyone who's interested in having conversation with me Very right true. now. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's not so much like I really don't have anything. There's nothing that is in this moment like I could promote and benefit from, you know, like maybe by the time this would be put out, I, I might have finished something for the sake of releasing it. Um, and I can definitely talk more about what I'm working on. But um, yeah, like I the, the genesis of discussing anything with anyone wasn't like, OK, I've got this. Even that list I sent over, it was only because like, you know, it we didn't send that out with asking to talk to people. It wasn't like, here's all of these things we're looking right. to promote. It was more like, oh, okay, yeah, I could totally understand why maybe we should at least have something other than just Casey feels like talking. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So well, um, I just wanted to make sure I, you know, I if there was something you did want to talk about, I knew about it. That was basically oh yeah, sort well, of the idea. But. I can I can definitely talk about. I mean, I feel pretty comfortable talking about pretty much everything I'm working on, just because in some degree I have broken the seal on each little thing, and uh, I think more of more of the confusion, or or I guess for me is is in in the order of what's going to come out when. But um, so there's the the number one thing that I have been working on is this short film called Cycle 8, which is basically just a proof of concept for this um, sci-fi series that I wrote. And the sci-fi series is called The Indigo Child. And I started that series really just as wanting to do an album. And that was the plan after we did um, All Is As All Should Be was I was thinking, okay, I want to do a record and I want it to be similar to Indigo from the color spectrum. Like I want to mix in a lot of those elements. And it, it has really turned into something very different. But that's where it started. And then it was just about finding a way to legitimize that the name that I was coming up with because I wanted to I wanted to say something about indigo in the title like I wanted to make it clear that at the time I was thinking of this I wanted to make it clear that I was doing an indigo record for anybody who knew what that was um but as I tried to like legitimize a title and I started with like indigo children. Cause I was just thinking of things that have indigo in the title and I didn't like indigo children. Cause it felt like it would be like a college jam band. Um, it just sounded like the name of a college jam band to me. And so, and so changing it to just the indigo child felt like a name that I could, I don't know. I enjoyed the name, but then the problem was, is I had to make sense of the name and all of this was just to legitimize making this record, but I went off and I was thinking about the name and I ended up writing this outline for a really heady sci-fi story. Um, that's like kind of like nothing like I've really been a part of in the past or done in a lot of visuals and ideas that I just were inspiring to me. And next thing I knew I had this big outline and, these ideas for visuals. And then I was talking to my friend and collaborator, Eris Bader. We were talking about doing a co-directing something together and doing some project together. And we had floated around a bunch of different ideas, but we eventually, I, I was so forceful about wanting to do this short proof of concept of this little like micro story I wrote within this greater idea. And then we went off and I wrote, a screenplay, a 15 minute screenplay. And we did everything, shot it um, like as professionally as we could. And then worked on the post for a couple years. Oh, wow. So, th so you've actually done some progress on this thing. I showed it in, on our last tour. I showed it on our last tour as a surprise. Oh, okay. Um, so we did a, we did two nights in uh, most of the time we were doing two nights per city. And the first night was like, we did a, um, acoustic performance and a live podcast taping with the audience. Right. I remember seeing about that online. Sure. So once that was done at the end of the night, like once the podcast was done and we were kind of ready to say goodbye, 
um, we would bring out this projector screen and this projector that we had set up and we would just play the short film, which has like a two and a half minute sequence at the end that's like unfinished VFX, but everyone was very understanding. And uh, yeah, so that's the first place we showed it. Now I'm working with an artist to try and finish up the end of the short and render out the end. But, it, you know, it was it was a lot of work. It was something that I've I've directed music videos and I would I'm doing finger quotes. I wish I could somehow send those <laughs> through the mic. But like right. I have finger quotes directed music videos before in in the way of like helmed the idea, shot it with someone and edited and finished. But I had never done anything, you know, like on a sound stage with with a full crew and everything. Um, but this was probably one of the biggest learning experiences. Like this completely dwarfed what I had to learn to write the symphony or or piece of music that I call the symphony. It was just like I've and so at this point now, like I'm, I can do three D modeling very. Fl- fluidly and and vfx and compositing and a lot of this stuff just these things that i i did i had to learn because of our lack of budget um and then so so now that exists as this proof of concept that's got this pitch attached to it and then on the band side of things um i still want to make the music related to this world and this idea and this concept but i don't want to go down the same like sort of strict narrative con concept that I had done in the past. So now what the band is working on is a record of, I mean, the best way I can describe it is a, is a, a record of locations. It's just like a, um, 10 different establishing shots as songs. Okay. With a, um, of just this fictional place. That would work for the movie, like a soundtrack. That, that, well, not even a soundtrack. It's just sort of like a, a like a like an appendix. It's uh, gotcha. It's um, if uh, I I I would only compare it to something like yeah. I mean, really, it's like a world encyclopedia starting with locations, and um, they're not totally unrelatable. It's like they're they're. There's a lot about the place and the story that's just boiling down things going on and going on around me. Um, it's not like it's not in space. It's not completely fantastical in that way, but it's a uh, I don't know. It's strange. I would have to show it to you. And then I think you would understand why I'm struggling to completely identify what's going on. But um, so when when do you would you envision, uh, you know, this being out like for the masses to see it? I don't know. The plan was never to actually show anyone. The plan was just <laughs> we were going to finish this thing and then it was going to be like the ammunition to prove to someone that we were capable as a team of doing this job. So that when we were pitching my script in this very lofty sci-fi um, and we were saying we wanted to do it for little money and the amount we were going to do ourselves and stuff like that. When we were pitching it, we had something to show people so that there was more proof than just us saying we were really excited to do it. Yeah. Um, and then the reception was really wonderful when I showed it during tour. So we were talking about 
there's no real reason. Like we don't see it necessarily hurting our chances of selling a project by showing more people. So I think that's the main reason why now this unfinished sequence at the end, um, where we're trying to go back and actually finish it up so that we can just put all the finishing touches on, on it and release it and feel a little less bashful about pitching it in general. But I don't really know it because it's, it's, there's just so many variables in the work when you have such little budget to do it. And I don't want to do the crowdfunding thing. Like I don't want to, I want to convince people of the concept by showing them the actual concept and, and that's where I'm at now. So that's this weird like tug of war I have with myself of, I know I could very like with, without, with, with relatively low effort compared to, to what I am doing, I could probably put something online, a little teaser and try and raise enough money that I could hand this off to just, a VFX studio and, and they can finish it and then it's done and everyone can see it. But I don't want to have to convince people to support the concept of something before they can see it. And I would rather finish it and then have that be the first people really experience it is as this finished thing and yeah. n- not asking someone to spend money on something that's unfinished. Not that I, I think it's bad when people do. It's just, it's always been a thing I've had trouble with. No, I think that's a fair point. You know, sometimes uh, I've found a lot when you work on something and in your head you see the end result uh, and you try to show someone the half-finished product and ask them to visualize what you see as the end result, no one can do that. It yeah, never, I think it's it also – there's, there's, this, there's this willingness to – it's like you you need someone until something is finished to suspend all disbelief entirely and yeah. to use their ima- their imagination maximally and i think those two things are just not you know instincts that people have like it's not what i would do if somebody pulled me aside and showed me their unfinished short film in the same way that i would show someone this un- unfinished short film I would probably come away seeing mostly in my mind the unfinished bits. Those right. would be what stuck with me. I think it's just our yeah, exactly. our instincts. So since I know I'm battling, you know, constantly sharpening um, disbelief that, that people have when they see anything and also a very low budget and then, um, you know, people's imaginations and what they're willing to devote to any given fantasy – uh, I want to make sure that it's as strong as possible visually before I ask someone to care at all about it. You know, if it just looks like a video game, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think I can't really expect anyone to have a, an emotional reaction to it. I mean, if it looked like a video game now, I guess, but if it looked like a video game, like a, like a nineties cutscene, which is kind of what the sequence at the end looks like, but, uh, it's, it's coming along. No, I, listen, I think um, look, based on any of the work you've done in the past, especially with, you know, the ACT series, which was this very ambitious thing that was done at a super high level. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure whatever you're working on is going to be great once it's once it's done to your vision. So I'm not worried about it. Um, well, but thanks. yeah, we're excited to uh, we're excited to see it. Um, awesome. You also supposedly are doing a solo EP. Is that also happening? Yeah, I think 
this morning what I realized, because I've been calling it, the name I've given it is Honorary Astronaut, and I realized, like, it really is an EP of music that I think narrowly fits this vibe of music I wanted to put out. Um, The best I can describe is just sort of like, it's kind of 70s rock-ish, but not super glammy. It's like, it takes a lot of... 70s glam and music like ELO and Bowie and stuff like that and it it kind of my inspirations of of that style and it represents that where I think that I mean I feel it's weird it's hard to say like I feel more and more pressure as time goes on when I think about doing a record and calling it like Casey Crescenzo I think I have this mountain of of pressure that builds up as to like what would that need to be right and and so every time like this is the first time in a very long time i've done anything with a different name um but all that really is the only real reason that is is because i'm doing it on my own and i don't want to say it's casey crescenzo i would rather people see it and put it in like a compartment in their mind and the artwork on the on the cover and stuff like it fits a vibe um a narrower vibe than I usually fit. So yeah. So, but it's called honorary astronaut and it's going to be a five song EP. And when, what's the timeline on that? I want to say that, uh, like, um, we're finishing it up right now. I'm having Mike Watts mix it and he, I think he's mixing the second of the five today. So I think it'll be, it'll be soon. It would be like within the next month. I think there would be a lot more about it or at least a song out. Um, and then I don't think it's too shortly after that, that we would be putting out the first song from like this next project for the deer hunter. Like I, I, I don't, there's not going to be like any touring or anything, obviously. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's not going to be, there's not going to be like a, a huge push to make honorary astronaut, like a, like a big thing. It's just, I, I, I wanted to put it out. And truthfully, I think part of it was just like this project that we're doing as a band is so big and so particular. And so it's becoming so difficult to finish with everyone stranded. Um, Just in the sense of like, it's making these, these little logistical problems rise up and we were slated to just get together on, I want to say the 13th of March, or I forget exactly when it was, but we were slated to have everybody come back to the studio where I live and finish our record. Cause we, we got together for a few weeks, did a lot of it. Um, everyone was going to come back, finish it up. But what ended up happening was the virus. So like the day before everyone was going to fly out here is when we made the decision. And then we just kind of watched the dominoes fall. And I, it, it's been so aggravating to me to have these unfinished projects and like, these things in life just keep on happening. So I I had all of these weird big ideas and big goals and I just needed to for my own I guess, you know, emotional well-being shrink everything down and think of what is like a project that I can do and complete and and release um like 
not not necessarily as soon as possible, but with a little bit of like as soon as fucking possible in yeah. my mind, because I just needed to feel something be finished. Um, so it's like some there's a few songs that I've had that I knew were never going to be Deer Hunter songs that I've had for a long time, and then a few others that I wrote recently that I'm putting on there. But um, but yeah, it just it need I just needed something something to finish. Well, when you say that it has an ELO vibe, I'm all in because that's another one of my favorite bands. And, you know, I actually oh, can see... Uh, so good. Yeah. No, so good. We actually so did, a, we did a top five ELO songs podcast just a few months ago because... Oh, we really? I got to listen to that. I, we were just talking I wonder. <laughs> what was number one? Um, well, we each... each um, so it's me, um, this guy that does a podcast with, podcast with me, Jeff, and uh, Bill Hubauer, who's a member of the Neil Morse Band and... Uh, I think what was uh, my number one was Wild West Hero. I'm pretty. I'm confident that that's what my number. Oh, one Oh yeah, that's your number one. That's my number that's, one. It's such a theatrical song. Yeah, I love that. I and love it, them playing it live. Is just the best. I have not seen them live. I they were. It was something like last year they were coming to Olympia, and maybe it was Olympia, but. I had reached out as soon as I heard about it, which was like six months in advance. I had reached out to my um, booking agent at the time and just asked, is there any way I can get tickets to this show? And it was like, yes, absolutely. Um, We can take care of it. um, He kind of sent the email to whoever it would need to be. And then I checked in like a couple weeks before the show. And it was like, hey, are we still good on those tickets? And they were like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. And it's... um, it's and they were like three hundred and fifty dollars a piece. It was it was kind of like there's nothing I could really do other than pay three hundred and fifty dollars per ticket, and there was just no way. With That's crazy the amount of diapers, yeah, <laughs> things that I was buying at the time, and the little bit of touring I I really wasn't doing at the time. So it was just like, well, that's probably not in the cards. But um, there's always little things like that. Like when I played Bamboozle, the one time I played Bamboozle. Not bamboozled. What is it called? Um, damn, it's a better one. <laughs> it's a much better one. I forget. Here? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's in the. It's in Tennessee. I forgot. Well, it was a. Gr- it was a big festival, and I was playing at the same time as Paul McCartney, <laughs> and so I to to like to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> to get paid like i had to play but every time i was playing ever like between every song it was just pleading with people to please go watch paul mccartney (laughs) what are you doing why are you here there's a there's a beetle a stone's throw away i can hear his songs (laughs) right now but i but i have like a lot of those like very close calls with have you seen my idols have you seen the uh the blu-ray that elo did uh was a year ago the wembley or bus is it wembley oh yeah yeah, man okay Yeah. yeah that's great I want to say I saw J.J. Abrams in the crowd in a shot. I think he's there. Is he? I didn't. I don't remember seeing him, I but swear, it wouldn't surprise I, me. I think he's there. I think he's there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a big, uh, huge Jeff Laniello guy, so so I love all that, that that's kind awesome. of stuff. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, that's cool, man. I, I can't wait to hear that, so please send that over as soon as you have it. Um, yeah. What's, uh, it, it, so the, the last thing you guys did was, was the fox and the hunt, right? Is that the, uh, I mean, the last thing that is sort of deer hunter specific? Yeah, yeah, and even yeah. that, it's like that's, that nobody in the band, including me, is on the record. So right. 
it's it's um but yeah that's the last thing that that we put out i i think and so, uh, yeah. so are the vinyls one through five being made available did i read that somewhere is that something you guys are trying to do well we did a box set and the box set had one through five and then um the fox and the hunt in it and this little booklet and then okay. um i want to say that like we we did the box set and then we got all new artwork made for acts one through three so that all the art matched and it, it's it was all done by this extremely talented artist who did acts four and five nikki barkla um so she did that we put it we put it out we i don't remember exactly how many copies we made but i think we've made all the copies we're going to and i want to say that both equal vision and triple crown records are probably doing some re represses of their own but they're not with this newer artwork that we got i don't gotcha. know if we'll we'll ever put it out uh, again or if we'll ever like you know kind of just press each individual record i think it, it, that is where i have trouble between what is honoring the collector's item that you've supplied for people and then what is just you know money hungry because <laughs> there's going to be some people who feel the need to buy anything that you make so the 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 rehashing or re-releasing i don't want to say rehashing it's repressing of of things gets a little dicey in mind when i feel like there there is a very very strong core of people that are going to be the first to buy things and so anytime we re-release something you're chancing someone who just wants to support you purchasing for the second or third time this thing when you could be focusing on new stuff to bring them or, or, or new things to offer them. So not saying that that's the reality of how things are, but it's the sort of debate that I have internally as well, to when to release things. Well, there's this is just funny because I was looking this up. There was a period where I was trying to find because I didn't have them uh, one, two, and three on actual CD. And I was oh, trying yeah. to find them and I was looking on eBay and Amazon and stuff and they were all like out of print. And the prices were insane on some of the people yeah. that were trying to sell them. And they, somehow I found there was, a, there was like a mini box set of one, two, and three on CD. I don't know if that's through you guys or not, but... Um, yeah, we to, or I don't know if it's... I think it's Triple Crown did it. Yeah, so I found that, which was great. Um, but I was just looking again and... Somebody is selling Act Two on CD on Amazon for nine hundred and seventy-three dollars and ninety cents. So see, so what? I don't know how what, that happens. What really is weird? So, so that's fucking ridiculous. First of all, like that's <laughs> it's a it's a CD. Like there's there's no discernible difference between any anyone's rip of a CD and that actual CD. And there's there's the idea of like supporting a band is definitely out the window. The only thing you're doing is supporting someone who like got lucky at a thrift store or something. But like you wonder that, or, where or, they decide on that dollar amount or, or maybe it's I don't just know. An algorithm. I think it's, it's so weird. It's gotta be some, some bullshit because we are not that big. We are not <laughs> that big that a CD should be a thousand dollars. Like the amount of actually historic records, first pressings I could find for a thousand dollars that that's just, that's, I don't understand how is that even possible? Oh my God. Wow. That was real. That was yeah. real. That's yeah, crazy. Holy shit, man. People, 
That's why any when anybody asks me of like, hey, I was thinking of getting this pressing I found on on Discogs or something like that. Do you do you uh, do you know if they're going to do any new pressings? Like I, whether or not there's a new pressing coming, I always try and talk the person out of it because it is just not like I don't know. It it it, it makes for a strange dynamic between like. I don't know how to explain the the feeling I have, but it just it's it it feels wrong. It, everything about that feels wrong. Well, some people just want to own it, right? So that's sort of what happened to me because I've been listening to the albums for so long, and I'm like, you know what? I I always go back every once in a while to things that I maybe just had on on uh, iTunes download or whatever it is, and I like, oh, I got I want to fill in the gaps here. I want to own this, you know, for right. whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, it's not I, like it's not like I'm putting in the CD every day, but I just like to own some no, no, of no. The, the things. I, I, like. I have that too. I and, just mean the extravagant, and just, like, and then you just can't uh, find it, and then it's like, oh my goodness. You know? I do wonder who these people are, though, that have that. That seems like it would only hurt the sale of anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, the color spectrum uh, is eight ninety eight, eight hundred ninety eight dollars. Oh God, <laughs> I thought you were saying eight dollars. <laughs> Wait, the the what what is eight hundred ninety eight? The the collection, the complete collection. Oh wow! Someone's selling it on there. Well, there's one. If... U- there's one used for nine seventy three and one new for eight ninety eight. You guys got, got some great. You guys got some great prices on Amazon. If you didn't know, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> well, I'm so, I mean, listen. Maybe there is. Maybe it is worth you guys pressing uh, uh, a couple of hundred and. You guys making the money on this rather than this asshole getting a thousand bucks. Well, that is definitely a hundred percent of like. That's definitely the inspiration to repress is like this when you start to see things reach astronomical and outlandish prices, and you are lucky enough to find new fans who want to dig into that music, and the challenge that they face is whether or not they're willing to spend hundreds of dollars on something that had they just known about you a few years earlier was only like 20 or 30. Like that's, that's definitely not conducive to becoming, you know, like not, I don't know, not becoming, but that's, that's definitely not conducive to the band having any more fans like that. There's that wall in front of everybody. I think I want to say that there was some discussion of possibly another color spectrum and, I know that there are at, at least a couple of the X records are being repressed by by Triple Crown, um, I think, but I haven't really been thinking too much about it. I probably should. I have a bad habit of like sprinting forward and not really looking back or thinking too much about anything before today. <laughs> um, so I, it would probably be best of me to figure something out with that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, hey, man. Glad to bring this to your attention completely by accident. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, cool, man. Well, listen, I hope this was a good chat for you. It was totally fun for me. Oh, yeah, man. Um, Absolutely. And uh, please send over anything in the future or have your team send it over. Can't wait to hear the new stuff and check yeah, it out. Yeah, once, once that EP is all wrapped up, I'll make sure that they send over the mixes or, or the masters whenever it's done. That's awesome, man. Be safe out there in all of this, and we'll hope uh, hope to see you again uh, soon in a year and a half or whatever whatever works out <laughs> for everybody. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah, man. Bye.